Hello, I'm Angelina. And I'm Martin. And this is the CX Cast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the CX Cast. Martin, welcome back. Thank you. Today, our special guest, everyone is special here on the CX Cast. Senem Biyikla is here. She is a newly appointed CX analyst, but she has a long time running. You've met her before because she was a researcher before this. She's got anthropology chops, she's got data chops, and she's here to talk about the new research she's going to be doing. And her research is based on popular demand, so don't worry. I'll let her introduce her topic coverage. Senem, how is it going? Well, thank you so much, first of all, for having me. I'm very excited to be back. Things are have been very exciting for me recently. As you mentioned, I was a researcher previously. Now I'm an analyst on the CX team. A lot is changing uh, nowadays. I, I remember the first time I was on CX cast with Jinaba Walker. We discussed inclusive language, our research at the time. And since then, I contributed to research on variety of topics like responsible design, mobile banking, digital experience, coercive and deceptive design patterns, and most recently, design for empathy. And this is also changing again because as an analyst now, I cover user experience, user experience research methods and tools, research platforms, scaling research teams. I, I can say everything about user experience. So you will hear me a lot talking about these topics. Awesome. Definitely a um, an, an expansion of coverage area more so than going the narrow. Yeah, but well needed. Exactly. So you come to us with a PhD in anthropology, right? Mm-hmm. Now, so the the child in me is now imagining trekking through jungles, discovering <laughs> lost tribes, all that amazing stuff, which is probably 100% not true, boringly. But what what is it that CX leaders can learn from anthropologists? Yeah, when I was a teaching assistant, that was one of the things we I used to you know chat about with students, like what anthropologists do really in real life. First of all, anthropologists are like researchers. I still see myself as a researcher. It's at the heart of everything we do. And um, CX leaders can learn a lot from anthropologists' research skills, qualitative research especially, and uh, apply those skills to understanding customer experience in a holistic sense, what customers need, what their wants are, motivations, everything customers experience. Anthropologists are trained to uncover the why behind what we are doing by conducting research. And many research methods that we use today in customer research, such as in-depth interviews, ethnography, contextual inquiry, have roots in anthropology, actually. And that's why anthropologists are great resources for CX leaders to learn about which research method to use when. And that's very important because for research to be successful, we need to ask the right question and pick the right research method. In most cases, customer research requires combination of multiple methods. We need data from multiple resources, both qualitative and quantitative, such as surveys, focus groups, and contextual inquiry. 
And anthropologists as researchers have a good understanding of each method's strengths and limitations, and they know how to bring different methods together. So these are like just some examples of how an anthropologist can help CX leaders. I can talk about this forever, but I'll, I'll, I'll just add one more thing because I think it's a topic not discussed a lot, but I think it's important. Reflexivity is very important in anthropology. It means that we anthropologists must often question our assumptions and biases during the research process to eliminate subjectivity as much as possible. And I wanted to emphasize this because it's a very important mindset to practice inclusive customer research. So that's another skill for CX leaders to really practice to eliminate bias in the research. That's great. I love that, especially when we start to get into uh, CX leaders trying to bring storytelling into the data and thinking about how we can't try to fit data to our story. We have to look and deeply understand the data and then determine what the story is there. And I think anthropologists are really great at observing the story and then telling it versus imagining a story and then using data to fill it. Definitely. And actually, Martin and Michelle Beeson recently did an episode where they did a little anthropological exercise. Folks go out to coffee shops and observe the brand and observe the customer interactions. And that's basically borrowing from anthropology a little bit. So you went from uh, anthropology to UX to you're now looking at empathy. So how, how did that journey come about and what's your current research looking at? Yeah, sure. And that's a great question, Martin. I'm especially focusing on empathy in digital experiences. And one of the reasons I started focusing more on this concept is that so much has written about it, and it's a very broad concept. And in off, but it also has very different connotations. Everyone um, understands and interprets it differently. In collaboration with Gina Walker, we just wanted to understand how empathy is really being practiced and used in the design process and how it impacts the final experience in digital experience. Although, as I said, there are lots of definitions around, but in simple terms, empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. And almost all design frameworks like design thinking start with empathizing with the people you design for. And that's a very important principle for human-centered design. But the challenge is insights that gained through empathy are often forgotten about in the later stages of the design process. And in other words, those insights are not carried out to the final product. Also, empathy is difficult to demonstrate in digital experiences because those experiences lack the human connection. So it becomes just extra difficult to be be empathetic. This is a problem because empathy is crucial to earn customer trust and loyalty. We know this from our research. Forrester's trust imperative research recognizes empathy as a key level of trust in building better relationships with customers, employees, and partners. And empathy directly tackles emotional connections. That's also important because emotion 
how customers feel interacting with a brand is the biggest driver of loyalty. So companies that fall short in demonstrating empathy miss out opportunities to build trust and loyalty. So to overcome this problem, in our research, we introduced design for empathy approach. Design for empathy means designing experiences that not only meet customers' needs, but also show that you are emotionally connected to your customers and understand their experiences. So the idea is really to be more intentional and look for opportunities to transform customer insights into empathetic moments. So that's what we want to capture with this design for empathy mindset. Even in a digital experience, you have an opportunity to build trust and trust is so hard to build. It's easy to break. So how can organizations show empathy in the digital experience? Do you have specific examples? So what we've observed is empathy takes different forms in digital experiences. And we call that design for empathy and different magnitudes. Sometimes it can be in very little things. For example, think about a form design. When the user customer is uh, filling out a form, are you providing them with um, inclusive options when asking about race, gender, or ethnicity, for example? Are you using plain language? Are you offering proactive help to what customer might need at this point? So these are more small instances but at the same time, important opportunities to demonstrate uh, empathy to customers. But sometimes companies demonstrate empathy at large scale, and that may even require developing a new digital experience or a new product. One example I really like is MasterCard's true name feature. So MasterCard had an insight that transgender individuals for transgender individuals, not having their preferred name on their credit card can be emotionally painful, and it even can cause safety concerns. So with that insight, they launched TrueName, a card feature that enables cardholders to display their chosen name on their cards. And this is not a physical product only. There is an expansion on it on the digital side as well. So they redesigned the whole experience around this idea. And this is a great example of designing at empathy, designing for empathy at a great scale. I think that's a really interesting one because often, so empathy and emotion are going to go hand in hand. And often when we say emotion, people leap to joy, delight, those kind of like happy, happy emotions. But we repeatedly find in our CX index data that it's confident, understood, respected, valued, emotions like that. And I'm thinking the example you're giving us, being respected, being heard, being understood is like so fundamental to that example. And it sounds incredibly small, what your name is, but it's so massive in terms of the impact. Exactly. So building on empathy and digital experiences, what next for your research? Where are you going next with these questions? I will continue researching empathy and design, empathy and digital experiences, and I'll continue to collaborate on inclusive design. As an analyst, I will cover the user experience field, user experience research, research platforms, research operations. I have some research planned 
in that aspect. Actually, I've just kicked off new research on how to get stakeholder buy-in for customer research, and it will be published in January. So we often hear from clients that communicating the value of research and getting support for it can be challenging. So I plan to focus on that to help companies, uh, research teams, to overcome this challenge. And if anyone in the audience listening to us now wants to share their experience of how they successfully overcame these problems, or if they want to talk about the challenges they are experiencing now, I would love to hear from them. So I would love to hear from you. Uh, please, please reach out. Yeah, that's great. I have ugh, so many questions about best practice and I mean, this is a space that's probably changing how we do customer research probably changes with the technology, the platform capabilities are changing. So it's really nice to know that you'll be there to help us keep a pulse on the latest. I mean, at this point, my research methods are probably pretty dusty. Where can, I mean, I have the privilege of just pinging you on Teams, but where can others reach you? Um, if they have great ideas or great experiences around customer research that they want to share with you. They can find me on Forrester website. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn. So yeah, they can reach out to me from Forrester or LinkedIn. Awesome. Senem, thanks for rejoining. And we're going to have you back on as some of these different research streams come to life. Yeah, please do. Thanks for having me. And thank you to producers Ellie and Julia, without whom none of this would happen. If you want to get in touch, email us at cxcast at forester.com. As always, you can find us at forester.com or on your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to like and subscribe and tune in next time for more CX Insights.